the courage to continue navigating your corporate journey with Cheryl Orange. In this episode on the Wellness Driven Life Show, we sit down with Cheryl Bevel Orange, author of The Courage to Continue, Navigating Your Corporate Journey. Cheryl shares why she wrote her book and the importance of having a career plan. She also explains the difference between a mentor and a sponsor and offers advice she would give to her younger self. Cheryl also discusses the connection between career planning and financial planning and how taking control of your career can positively impact your finances. This interview is something you don't want to miss. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast, and my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. I'm looking forward to introducing our guest to you today. Cheryl Bevel-Orange is an accomplished managing director and CIO for FedEx Custom Custom Critical, with over 25 years of experience leading organizations to success. Alongside her professional duties, Cheryl is dedicated to working in the community and has engaged influential speakers to educate on diversity issues as a founding member of the FedEx African American Committee. Cheryl has received awards and recognition for her work, including Technology All-Star Award and the Dallas Business Journal Women in Technology Award. She published a book, The Courage to Continue, Navigating Your Corporate Journey in 2022, and holds a dual undergraduate degree in computer information systems and marketing and executive MBA. Please help me welcome Cheryl. Hello, April, and thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here with you today on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here, Cheryl, with all of your expertise, especially in the corporate arena. You know, when we start talking about our daily lives, 
our time in our jobs, it is so vitally important to know how to balance that. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's an art, <laughs> more so than a science, but it can be done. And we have some tips that we'll talk about, hopefully through this conversation around how to do that. Absolutely. Well, let's get started. How about sharing a little bit with the audience of who you are outside of that incredible biography? Well, I am a mother of two. Um, I have a daughter, Alexandria, and a son, Carlton Rashad, and they are both uh, young adults now. Um, and I live in uh, Texas, and my son is in Texas with me. My daughter is in Memphis. Um, I have a husband of um, 30 years or so. Wow. Um, That's an accomplishment just by itself, Cheryl. It is. It is. But it has been a fantastic journey. And so I so enjoy, you know, playing piano, uh, traveling. I enjoy um, diversity and inclusion events and just helping mentor and coach people to success. So those are the things that I um, I enjoy. I have aging parents, and uh, it is a joy to see them age, but it is also um, interesting helping them to continue to be their best selves as they as they grow older. Mm, yeah, that could be a whole segment by itself, can't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Keep them in a wellness-driven mindset. Um, it is, it is such a, it is a task. It is. And, you know, as we're on this journey called life and all the different stages, we, we have to navigate it in, in such a way, it's a different way. And so let's start a little bit further on in the beginning. What, what made you interested in diversity or in corporate career world and, how did you get involved in all that to begin with? Well, you know, being in corporate America and being a first generation corporate American um, in my family, um, I had no playbook or anything to help me, you know, along the way. Nothing. I was coming in a blank sheet of paper from a corporate environment standpoint. And what I found was there were people that were around me with similar journeys. And um, from a diversity perspective, whatever race um, we were, we were all first-generation corporate Americans having some of the same issues and concerns. And so together, we were able to kind of make our way through. Um, and then as an African-American woman, there are other issues that we have to deal with or other concerns. And so, you know, it, it was kind of my life's mission to start because I'm so passionate about mentoring and growing and helping people succeed. I just kind of fell into that space. It's just part of who I am. And so as companies began to embrace uh, business resources, resource teams, I began to get more and more involved because it's a sweet spot for me. Yeah. And I think there's so much to be said when we start to have great accomplishments 
we want to share that and we want to teach and show others that it's too possible to do what, what you're doing. And it sounds to me, Cheryl, like you really cultivated this, this team. Uh, sounds like over many years you developed some partnerships or some connections with people that you really worked with each other on and grew from each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes a village to do anything. You know, it takes a village, they say, to raise a child. It takes a village to do any project that you're working on in corporate America. It takes a village to do any project you're working on in the community. So that that feel of community, you know, we brought that into the corporate world and that helped us to block and tackle different concerns and issues and make things better for for the next generation of corporate Americans. Absolutely. Who on your journey has been maybe your your biggest mentor or let's say even maybe some books. I know for me uh there the seven habits of highly effective people was a really big influence for me, even in the corporate world, the business world, and, and alongside with life. Was there, was there a mentor or a book or something that you really grasped onto and you, you held onto those concepts? Well, you talked uh, in my bio about me um, writing a book, and I have a copy of it right here. In here, I talk about my very- You can hold that up again, Cheryl. I'm going to put you in solo here. There you go. It's a beautiful cover. You got to show it off. (laughs) Well, in this book, I talk about um, my very first mentor. And um, it was a a white male. And I think he saw that, you know, she's smart, but she just is green. She just has no idea what she's doing in corporate America. And uh, he took me under his wing. He showed me you know, all the different things that I needed, the skills that I needed for my job. He gave me um, a peer to help me along my way from a skill set perspective. But he spent time with me, sharing with me the culture and, you know, don't do this and try and do that. And here's what makes someone successful. And, And so he just took the time to talk and mold me into someone that um, could be successful. And Mm -hmm. so I appreciate him for doing that. But because that was, you know, a passion of mine, he is someone that I will forever remember. And I've taken a lot of the things that he shared with me. And I've done that in corporate America. Um, I have always gotten, you know, a college student Uh, someone, an intern, people that I can help to give them that foundation um, that Jim Ferguson was my first mentor that he gave me. Mm -hmm. And it it has just paid off tenfold because I've seen those young people soar in their careers. They don't have to start from the blank page. They can start from, you know, having some information to help them to get to the next level quicker and, and move even faster. So mentors are a very important part of the corporate work workspace. You need to have you a mentor. But I will also say you need to have a sponsor as well. And those are two different things. And maybe we'll talk about that a little later. Or you can 
buy the book and and get that information but you know we need to make sure that we have people that are helping us and guide us and then we also need to do the same yeah sure i would love to know and for the audience too what what's the difference between a mentor and a sponsor okay well thank you for that question um a mentor is someone that you know is is going to help you in your day to day. That person, you know, brings you in. They kind of help you with your cult, with the culture of the company. Um, they may help you with a specific skill that you need, and they may just coach you. Um, but it's more day to day. The sponsor is the person that is in the room when you are not in the room. The sponsor is someone that is levels up that can help and guide your career, the person that opens doors for you, the person that puts their network um, at your disposal, so to speak. Mm. Um, that is a person that is just moving and shaking on your behalf when you are not there. I will share with you an example, and hopefully people can relate to this, but um, recently um, there was something that was going on at work and there were people that were being displaced. And I was one of the people that were being displaced. Um, but one of my sponsors said, well, I think that Cheryl should go to this particular location and do this particular new job. It's not mm -hmm. one she's done before, but I'm pretty sure she can do it. And so instead of me going in a being displaced, my sponsor was talking on my behalf in a conversation I didn't even know was happening. Uh, but the sponsor was there moving and shaking, opening doors for me that um, I could never open myself. Uh, I love that. That is a really great way to, of explaining it. Thank you for sharing that story or that idea of the difference between it. Somebody who's really going to show you the way and somebody who's going to advocate for you regardless, you know, they're really going to be pulling for you no matter what. And what a powerful story. You know, when we have been in a position or a company for so long, and then all of a sudden the winds change because they do, as we all know, it can be frightening. It can be terrifying to be displaced or to, you know, no longer be there, especially if we don't know anything else. When we've been to a place for so long, we've learned the language, we've learned the culture, we don't really know anything else. And how do you navigate outside of that? So speaking of that, do you have any thoughts, ideas, tips, tricks for someone who is experiencing that? I would say um, continue to be flexible. Change is the only thing that we know is a constant. It's yeah. Things are going to change. So be flexible around, you know, your mindset. Be flexible with your mindset. You need to be open to change and, and be flexible and roll with the punches. We also need to be adaptable because when we're flexible, we're moved. You know, the book, Who Moved My Cheese? You know, our cheese is moved all the time. So we have to adapt to where that new cheese is so that we can be functional and, and we can add value. So we uh, being flexible and adaptable are things that I would say, 
you know, if you're in a corporate environment and you are, you know, moved from place to place. Um, we talked specifically about being displaced. I would say in that instance, we need to keep the faith. We need to know yeah. um, our skills. We need to understand who we are. And we need to be driven to find, you know, if you want that next job, find that next job. Get on LinkedIn and all the places that you go and look for jobs and, and find it. Um, get help if you need it. If you want to be an entrepreneur, it might be your time to dig into your passion and make that happen. But I would, would keep the faith because all is not lost because you have the skills that you have, your uniqueness, you have that. And that is a value at some company. Um, they are waiting for you to come. Mm, very well said. Very well said. I like that. You know, we we definitely all do have our own unique value add to things and just keeping that faith is very important. Now, Cheryl, you are kind of, I always admire people like you. You're, you've got one foot in the corporate arena and one foot in the entrepreneurial arena when you've written a book and you're trying to gain the exposure there. What is that like for you? How do you balance? It's amazing that you do it all. And so a lot of people I think that they don't do that and don't branch off to excel in all of that because it can feel overwhelming. Do you have any words of wisdom on that? Well, um, <laughs> it is very busy having one foot in corporate and one foot in the entrepreneurial area. I will say that my husband is an entrepreneur, so I am well aware of what happens in that space. You know, mm -hmm. it's, he, he says, you have to eat, you eat what you kill. And I, I get that. Um, <laughs> but being in corporate kind of gives you the security to kind of go out and do the entrepreneurial things that you want to do um, mm -hmm. until you don't have to do that anymore. But um, being in corporate actually has taught me a lot of skills that I need to be an entrepreneur. You know, I understand how to business plan. I understand how to market understand how to budget. I understand how to, you know, communicate and collaborate mm. with people to get things done. So those skills are skills that are transferable. Yeah. And if you're sitting in corporate and you you say, you know, I'd like to do X, Y, and Z, put your plan together, treat it like a project, create your business plan, create your marketing around it and sell it. Um, you know, you can, you can do it. You just have to put. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child. 
and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. And, you know, it will be hard. There are a lot of hours that I could be sleeping, but I'm working. And, but it's going to be all worth it. Um, for me, I want to help young people be the best they can be. And whenever I get that call or that email or that text that says, thank you, Ms. Orange, you know, you've helped me to get this job or you've helped me to get this promotion or you've just helped me to get in college. You know, I it just it is so rewarding to just help others to get to where they want to be. And so you have to be passionate about whatever it is you want to do as an entrepreneur. If you're passionate about it, it doesn't really feel like work. Yes, Cheryl, I appreciate that you highlighted transferable skills because I think that people discount or discredit exactly all of the things that they know and that they can actually apply in an entrepreneurial position or a new career change, anything, but we can utilize those skills in so many different aspects. So transferable skills is something that I, I like the term and lingo for people to think about. Absolutely. And we have them. You just need to think about them and apply them because sometimes we think about them isolated. They're just corporate. This is what we do in corporate. But guess what? It's probably what we do in the world too. You just need to apply it. Absolutely. Well, we're running to our first commercial. And when we get back, I want to talk about why you wrote your book. So stay tuned. KimJacobsConsulting.com you know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No, opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. That's KimJacobsConsulting.com. Did I say KimJacobsConsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. So, well, I want to know, why did you write your book? And you can go ahead and hold it up again, because it truly is a beautiful. I know that this has been featured. It's featured in Barnes and Noble. I think that is a big thing. I know a lot of people who write books and so many of them only make it on, let's say, Amazon, but not into the major bookstore. So that is an accomplishment. Congratulations. And tell us about it. What was the purpose of it? Well, I shared with you guys that um, I have two adult children. I actually started writing the book when they were babies. Wow. And um, so I started, and as we just talked about that entrepreneurial spirit, I didn't necessarily have it back then. I just knew that 
I was going through some things and I wanted to jot them down so that my children would have kind of a playbook and they mm. wouldn't have to, again, start from, from zero. But what I found was over the years as my career progressed, I began sharing the information that I had jotted down for my children with others. And then I started formulating it into a book. And during the pandemic, um, I looked at it from a different perspective. I looked at it from a leadership perspective because I was in a different place. And I added information in there for leaders that that's actually leading these first generation corporate Americans mm -hmm. and how they can think about things. And then I also added some information in about mental health and mental wellness yeah. and how we have to, you know, make sure that we are doing self-care um, for ourselves so that we can keep our bodies well, but also our mental state in a place where we can soar and be successful and be our best selves at work. So well, Cheryl, I'm just going to interrupt for a minute, but most of the time when we integrate those sort of things and we start talking about mental health and physical well-being and all of those things, it's because there's been something in our lives that has caused us to concentrate on it. Now we have an awareness of the importance of, so if you don't mind sharing, was there, were there times in your life to where these really came to the forefront? Absolutely. And, and, and again, I talk about this in the book. Um, years ago, um, I had a brother that was um, murdered on the side of the road in Alabama. And oh, that was I'm my, so sorry. that's, it's, it's okay. Um, but it was at that time, it was not okay. I was right. not okay, but I kept thinking I was okay. I kept thinking, I kept going on. I kept driving. I kept, you know, doing all the things that I thought were the right things to do, but I truly was not okay. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went, um, and I actually got an executive coach through, uh, my corporate company to help me to, you know, move into the next level of, you know, being an executive. But that executive coach turned out to be um, a therapist as well. He was a licensed therapist, psychiatrist, that was also an executive coach. And I didn't know that at the time. I just knew he was the go-to guy. But mm -hmm. he was able to help me to put the two together and say, you know, you think you're okay, but you're not. Until you work through this, you are not going to be your best self. And so, you know, that was the slap in the face to me. The first thing was I knew I wasn't okay, but the stigma of getting help yeah. was an issue. And so when he was brought into my life, I said, you know what? I have to write about this. I have to tell others that you can go through these things, but as long as you work through them, you there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can still be successful. You can still go and do all the things that you want to do in life, and you will be happy doing them, but you've got to do the work to go through the process. Mm. So, um, you know, others have had 
similar or same things. There are some people that are depressed and they're just continuing to go on and they, they feel, they know something is off, but they are afraid to get help. And I'm going to yeah. say, get help. It's okay mm -hmm. because we want you to be your best self and your best self can come out when you work through whatever it is you need to work through um, so that you can come out with the light at the end of the tunnel. What a perfect timing, you know, when people come into our lives at when we need them, you know, that this Absolutely. person just happened to be <laughs> educated in that and able to guide you in the right direction and really just say to you, you're not okay. And yeah. that's hard to hear. It's hard to hear from all of us because it's true. Our pride steps in the way and we're like, no, I got this. Again, you keep going and keep going. Uh, <laughs> or I, I just have a funny example. I hike every day and my husband and I were hiking and I fell and I don't normally fall. It's very rare, right? But I was so frustrated with myself that I fell to begin with. It, it made me feel weak. It made me feel not strong. And so he's asking if I'm okay. And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. And I'm brushing it off and I'm frustrated, but not allowing him to just nurture me. Yes. But it's such a human response to want to keep going regardless. And I would say there's times and places for that where it benefits us, where we do need to strive forward, right? And then there's those times where we do need to take time to heal ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And that is where a lot of people fall short. We don't take time to mm. do the healing. Um, and we can, we can continue to, you know, move on and we'll continue to be successful, but it's just something about working through the process, taking time to heal. It just feels so much better. Um, it just makes you a better person, a better mother, a better, you know, whatever it is, you are just so much better when you take the time to heal, yeah. when you take the time to get the help. And something important to notate, I believe, is there's no set timing for anyone. It's not like it's different for everyone. And, you know, the, the grieving process comes in so many different forms. There's no nothing structured to it. If we knew, then we would all have the set of, okay, this is what's to expect. And we just don't have that. But what we do know is that Grief comes in many forms, in many different ways, and it's different for each one of us. It sounds, Cheryl, like you were fortunate enough to be at a place and surrounded by people that were able to be there for you, alongside you, as you were going through that time period. Yes. And you know what? I didn't even know that I was going through it, quite frankly. Um, you know, I thought everything was okay. And, you know, looking back and talking to my husband as we broke everything down, going through the process, he was like, I knew you weren't okay, but yeah. you continue to say you were okay. And so we just need to realize um, that there is something again off and just do the soul searching, you know, know yourself and know that I, I can be better. 
I'm great now, but I could be better yeah. if I just go through the process. Mm. I like that. And I, I think sometimes, especially for, well, for both women and men, you know, the pride aspect where it's really hard to get to that point and to allow and surrender to this needing that time to heal and to just better ourselves and be patient with us and, and have that compassion for oneself. But when you're in a position, a leadership position, you know, it, it can almost be more challenging because you feel like you're expected to show up in a certain way and, and you don't want to let anyone else down. Right. But I think that I think there's something in showing that human side of yourself to others and letting them know that it's okay to not be okay. Obviously not all the time, but but life is like that. We we have ups and downs. We do. We do. And you know in the corporate world, you don't have to tell everything. You it doesn't have to be a tell all. Um, but you know, you can, again, show that human side, you know, that's what people want to see when they see your genuine self, mm. they know that you feel, and they know that you care about them because you're building that relationship. And so people will do all kinds of things for leaders when they know that they care. And right. so we want to be genuine in that and share, you know, to a certain point, you know, our ups and downs, you know, that's what makes a lot of uh, mentoring valuable. It's not about sharing all your highs. It's about showing how you have overcome your lows yeah. and sharing that, you know, you too can do this. If I can do it, you too can do it. And it gives people um, encouragement that, you know, I just need to keep pressing on and making it through because I can do it. Well, Cheryl, you definitely have shown the lows of yourself. Thank you so much for being vulnerable in sharing that story about your brother. I'm sorry to hear that. And you are, are really showing and telling that you have grown exponentially through that. And what a leader you have become. So the book that you created is really this beautiful guidebook to others. And it started out with a guide to your children on, hey, here's some, some better ways to navigate life because it's not easy. And that's so much of what we want as parents is to be able to have our children learn and understand from our mistakes because we already did the learning. <laughs> so please don't do it again, you know, and don't repeat, but listen to what we have learned and grown from. And I would say that, that you talk a lot about the difference between career planning and financial planning. So how is that integrated with the teachings in your book? So career planning, my thought is it goes along with financial planning, because as you plan your career, as you progress in your career, your financial plan should change. So if you're in uh, an entry-level job, you know, you need to have entry-level financial goals. You know, you need to make sure that you're saving. You know, I, I shared that 
you know, when I left home, my dad said, if you save $10 a week, by the end of the year, you will, you know, have enough money. You can do, you know, A, B, and C, but that is your mm. savings if you save it. So when you get your entry level position, you know, save 10%, mm. put money in your 401k. Most corporate uh, employers match that with some percentage. Don't leave that money on the table. That is free money. Mm. So career plan around that. And when you move up and you get that promotion, don't spend all that money on buying, you know, new stuff. You know, you have things already. Save that money. Up your 401k. Um, put money into an IRA or something that's going to help you you know, in the future, do a money market if you want to save for a car or something. But as your career progress, your financial plan should change. Mm. And so don't look at those independently. I'm saying look at them together so that, you know, when you get to where you want to be, you will be so much further along in your retirement plan or if you want to buy a house or all the things that you might want to save from, you save for, you um, look at that in conjunction, in tandem with your career plan and figure out how, how you make them work together. Mm, that's a really great explanation of as you move up the tier, so your finances change as well. And to really have that match and go one and one and hand in hand. And so I would love to know, it sounds like you, this has really been on the forefront of your mind throughout, and you've been very wise with that financial aspect as you've moved up into your career. What are some of the things that you have done with those finances as you've planned that you're very proud of? Well, I, I bought a lot of houses. I will say <laughs> that um, my family moved quite a bit. My husband was in the Air Force. Um, initially, so we moved and, you know, we've got houses in different different places. So real estate is one of the things we've decided to, you know, invest in. Um, it is the currency that always or usually outside of the last couple of years, it's the currency that usually stays stable or increases. So we do a lot. We do a lot of that. But we also, you know, save for our retirement. You know what we want to be able to retire and enjoy. So find find what you would like to do. Excuse me with your with your funds, your extra funds, and focus on that. If you would like to be in real estate, focus on that. There are programs out there. You know, first time buyer programs. There are so many uh, resources out there, but you got to do your homework to find them. And, you know, and that could be part of your entrepreneurial spirit. You know, you could become a person with a portfolio of real mm. estate. So mm. that's something that we've done. But we I also um, love to help others. So I do a lot of charity work um, and donations there um, to to charities. So there's just a lot of things that you can do. But I think it's more personal to to you and what you want to do and what matters to you in your life. Absolutely. Well said. And I think that's so freeing though, when you have the finances in order, like you said, 
you like to donate and to to put forth with charities and you have the freedom to be able to do that and how good that feels to be able to give back. It's not just completely where you're using the finances for yourself, but you're giving back to the world, to the community around you. And, and you, I'm curious, you teach so much to the younger generations. Is there something that you do on a continuous basis or something that you're working towards the a future goal with our younger generations? <laughs> well, I am um, a board member at my undergraduate university um, of their foundation. And that foundation uh, is the JSU um, Foundation. And we actually handle the majority of scholarships that are given to students um, at the school. And so my specialty is finding those underprivileged students that have stellar grades. Um, I have a bucket for them and I help to get them scholarships and money in school and get them to school. Mm. But I also have another bucket for those young people that are underprivileged, but they may not be scholar students, but they have potential and they may not be the first ones. My husband says I love the underdog, <laughs> but I, I think that I'm an underdog because coming from a rural um, city in Alabama, I was supposed to be probably stereotyped to do something else. Mm, and so mm. I also look at those students and I go through an interview process for, for the board and help them find those students and get them into college and help to mentor them along the way. So um, I don't have anything specific for me, myself, like a foundation, but I work through that foundation because I know that there are students there that need the help. And I want to be able to use that avenue to help them. Ah, it can, I can see very much that it lights you up. You just, you get this glow about you when you talk about it and helping others. So I can definitely see that this is something that you're very passionate about. And I wanted to bring in a, a comment um, Manly says, Cheryl is so down to earth and a perfect example of how a proper corporate culture can take the ordinary and create extraordinary. I think that's an incredible highlight to you. And when we talk about that, it's, it, there is such a, when you are an example and you're an influence within a culture and being able to transform that there's something very magical when you have the availability to do that, especially within very large organizations. And so it sounds to me like you have absolutely been a large influence in culture change. I try, I try to be, you know, as you said, it is, Corporations are large entities yeah. and it can seem overwhelming um, and you don't think that you can make a difference. But I will just challenge anyone who's looking at this in 
a corporate environment, just do what you can do. Just start where you are and see, you know, drop that pebble down in the water and see the ripples that it will it will take. You know, it will just go and go and go and you know, you but you have to start it. You have to drop the pebble. And you know, when you do that, you know, you are doing it out of your passion and it will just continue on and other people will take your lead and they will do it and and things then will eventually begin to change. So, you know, it's not something that one person can do by themselves. Again, it takes a village. And if everybody is going in the same direction, have the same values or similar values, it can change. But you have to start it with you. You have to drop the pebble in the water. I love that. I love that. The ripple effect. Very good. We'll run into our last commercial. And then when we come back, we'll share a little bit about the what's next with Cheryl. Stay tuned. Bella Grace Skincare. It's more than skincare. It's your shortcut to a more youthful, healthy, and beautiful you. Step one, cleanse with the Enzyme Collagen Cleanser. Gently exfoliates and removes dead skin cells, brightens and evens out skin tones, repairs damage caused by environmental stressors, protects skin's barrier function. Use daily for clean, smooth, glowing skin. Experience the Bella Grace Enzyme Collagen Cleanser for a refreshing start and a radiant finish. Step two, treat with the Dewy Serum. Deeply hydrates and locks in moisture. Protects from free radical damage. Targets multiple signs of aging. Boosts microcirculation. Revealing a youthful, radiant, dewy complexion. Dewy Serum goes beyond ordinary skincare, leading you to a realm of glowing, rejuvenated beauty. Step three replenish with the Collagen Plumping Moisturizer. Reduces fine lines and wrinkles. Deeply hydrates. Boosts collagen production. Firms and smooths the skin. Experience an intense surge of moisture that leaves your skin feeling supple and soft to the touch. Celebrate your skin and elevate your beauty with Bella Grace Skin Care. Welcome back. Now, Cheryl, what is something that you want to tell your younger self or you would have wanted to know about when you were your younger self? <laughs> I, um, I reflected on this in, in the book. Um, and again, I'll show it one more time. <laughs> reflected on it in the book. And there are a couple of things that I, I, would, I would share with my younger self. The first would be, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, but be patient with yourself. Mm. You know, we are sometimes so hard on ourselves because we didn't do it just right. We didn't get to the goal that we absolutely wanted to get to. Um, but be patient. 
because you're going to get there as long as you're moving forward and in the right direction, you are going to make it. But be patient with yourself. I would say also know yourself. It is difficult to um, be your best self if you don't know what you're passionate about, if you don't know what you like and what who you are. You have to know, you know, if you love numbers, then go into finance. If you love numbers, you know, hmm. do things with numbers. If you don't love numbers, then do something else, but find somebody who loves numbers to do those for you. But yeah. you have to know yourself, know who you are. Hmm. Um, I would say, um, enjoy the journey. Uh, my son, uh, I share with you all, um, he's a young adult now, but he used to um, be a division one track athlete and he would go through races and he would come in first a lot of times, but sometimes he was second or third or maybe even eighth. And, you know, but he was always chasing after number one, after the goal. But sometimes you have to enjoy being the silver or the bronze. Enjoy mm. the journey. Enjoy the highs that you're going to get so that joy can help you get through the lows. So you can't just chase after the dream. You have to enjoy the journey to get to the dream that you want to get to. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, make sure you're giving back. You know, I talk a lot about helping others and giving back, you know, at the state that I am today. But my younger self, I should have been doing more of that. I should have been, you know, feeding the homeless and doing all the things that there are so many needs out there. Find one that you enjoy doing and give back to the world um, because we all have so many talents and we need to, you know, give back of those talents, not just to get paid for them, but just because it's the right thing to do. So I would, uh, so those would be the things that I would say, be patient, know yourself, enjoy the journey and give back. Those are, are really good. Um, I, so I just wanted to add something. Sorry, I had a, a comment come through, but I don't know how to bring it in. So I'm not going to bring it. <laughs> Uh, but what I wanted to say too, is you, you wear so many hats, you're doing so many things you like, we've discussed a little bit. You've got one foot in corporate, you've got one foot in the entrepreneur, and you're also giving back so much being, having the involvement that you do. What are some of the things, Cheryl, that you do on a daily basis to really maintain your own health and wellness? What are some of the reoccurring things that you do to take care of you? I will say I'm not an expert at that, <laughs> um, but I do try. So I will, I will just tell you a couple of things that I do is um, I do the, um, they're not crossword puzzles, they're like find word. So I do those find the words that you can get at the Dollar Tree, you can, see the words and find them mm -hmm. in the in the chart. I do those because those rest my mind. You know, in corporate America, you're always working and doing. So those that exercise just helps me 
rest my mind. If I find the word, I find the word. If I don't, I don't. But it relaxes me. Mm. I also listen to jazz. I listen to a lot of music. Um, I do some meditation. But that's just finding time to do things that I want to do. Just for me, not for anybody else. Nobody else cares about the find the word puzzles. But <laughs> so I find time to do those things. I also like to walk. In mm. nature, nature, you know, you can come up with so many different ideas just walking and just looking. So find some time, you know, aside from, I know a lot of women get their hair, nails done. You know, that's cool too. Men might play basketball, but find some time to do some things for you. Only things that you enjoy, only things that, you know, you don't have to carry somebody with you things for you. Sometimes that's just five minutes of quiet time and just doing nothing. So those are some of the things that I do. Uh, again, I also like to read. Reading is also something that is, is you know, you can go lots of places reading a book um, about some other thing that has nothing to do with your life. Yeah. Something else, you know, to put your mind on. So those are some of the things that I do. But lots of people exercise. That's one thing that I need to do, but I don't. But they exercise, and, and that is great. But there are lots of ways that you can get your mental and physical wellness solid if you just take the time to do them. Yeah, and I think that's key, right? If you just take the time to do the things that do quiet and you know calm your soul, walking, doing the puzzles. I think that those are great tips. And especially, Cheryl, from somebody who's so inspirational as you, you have done so much. And so don't discount those by any means because it works for you. Obviously, it works because you are able to do this and you show up and have this presence that's really nice. I enjoy it. You're very joyful to be around. You're, you're a wonderful conversationalist, and you have just that nice presence about you, and I appreciate it. You can definitely see that you're a good leader. Cheryl, thank you so much for sharing all of the things that you have on the show today. Is there anything else that you want to share today with our guests or with our audience? I would just say that um, whatever you decide to do, write it down. Make it real to you and focus, whatever that is. If you focus and you work toward getting to it each day, you are going to reach your goal. I don't know when, but you're going to reach your goal. It depends on how much you focus. But you got to start by writing these things down. Get you a vision board. You know, figure out what works for you. Because I want everybody to be successful. And if I can help you in any way, look me up on my website. I'm happy to correspond with you uh, and help you get through those lows and celebrate those highs. But stay focused, manifest it, and make it happen. So that's what I would, I would end with today. And thank you so much for having me on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Cheryl. Well, 
everyone, you know how to find her. It is here, her website. It's www.cherylborange.com. You can also find that in the description of these videos and of the podcast. So thank you so much, Cheryl, again. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And I want to say goodbye for now, and we will see you later.